Welcome back to She Can Talk the Podcast. I am your host, Colleen, aka Gongoli MC, if you're looking for that music on Instagram, or Colleen Eat Wings, if you want to find out what I'm eating or cooking or doing, you know, as far as lifestyle stuff on Instagram, or you can go over to the website, doerecords.com to find out everything else. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, first off, I want to say I miss you guys. Um, how are you doing? I hope all of you are in great spirits, good health. As of today, it is, um, international women's day and it's also, women's month or, you know, so yeah, like last month was like black history month. So this month is women's month. So yeah. But, um, in particular today is international women's day. And I think that's very dope and something that I do celebrate because I do have women that I respect and love dearly in my family and friends that are from all walks of life. So I like to celebrate the international woman because I feel like we have so much diversity, so much culture and our differences make us great and coming together, we can be that much more powerful. Yay. So, uh, give yourself a pat on the back, look in the mirror and say, Hey, you're the shit, you're the bomb, whatever you need to say. I don't know what they, you know, what you say. Oh, you know, but, um, give yourself that word of encouragement because it is international women's day and we must love ourselves. And each other, of course. So shout out to all of you out there that are doing big things. I'm, I have friends that I speak to on a daily basis. I'm talking about on a day-to-day basis. I see women that are, you know, doing um, t-shirt businesses, making jewelry, making accessories, sunglasses, um, working magazines, managing artists, um, doing podcasts, blogging, rapping, acting, modeling. I mean, so many, so many contributions to the world of art and just period, just the world at large. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to all of our women out there doing big things. All of us, you know what I'm saying? Big things are gone. All right. So, um, yeah, I know you probably like, where the hell you been? It's been like a month and a half and we ain't hear from you or seeing you. What's good? What's good? Um, no, really and truly what's been happening is renovations. I really did not think that it was going to whip my ass like that. And I didn't think, um, like I was saying the other day to a friend, I was like, it's so easy to just click, 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 click and order, <laughs> you know, or speak with the contractors or whoever and make, yeah, 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 yeah. And approve. It's so easy to approve everything and, and buy everything. But when you got to get into the mode of working and really getting things done, you got to set some time aside for it. So the first half, you know, January going into early part of February, we've been working on, you know, just little small things around the house, decluttering. Like I told you, I'm not a full throttle minimalist, but I do practice some of the minimalist ways. Like as far as I don't like clutter, I have removed any type of junk or spaces. If it's old and unnecessary to me, I have gotten rid of it. If it's things that are not mine, I have returned it to their owners, you know, things like that. So that has freed up my space. So my face, my space feels so peaceful. It feels so calm. I can actually say that. And I love it. So I guess I've been enjoying that a great deal. Still been working. Cause like I told you, I uh, do have a job. I do attend school. I am, you know, still doing music and also still like, you know, at this point, um, volume two, I'm just praying for some more submissions for Grow House volume two. I got some really good ones and I feel bad for holding them to the side cause I'm trying to get some more, but I think I might just go ahead and release some singles like, you know, Grow House candidates type of thing, installments in the meantime, but, um, I'm working on that as well. So it doesn't stop. Plus, 
you know, I'm home. I am, you know, a stay at home doggy mommy. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I have a dog I have to tend to, and I have a full relationship with Colossal Beats, AKA Colossal TV. So, you know, I'm going to make sure my man right too. So, you know, all that stuff wrapped up into one has been a lot, a lot, a lot, but and in addition to that, we had a retrograde. Thank God it's over. But if any of you were like me, I was deeply affected by this retrograde that recently happened versus other ones. And the reason why I say that is um, um, a lot of my friends are like me. A lot of um, us are into astrology, you know, stars, signs, zodiacs, you know, alignments, moons, moon risings, etc. So with that being said, even if I'm not on it full throttle, like, okay, when's the Mercury retrograde coming or stuff like that, someone in my um, social media circle or friend circle is going to be like, hey, brace yourself, the retrograde is coming. And nine times out of 10, I'll, you know, get the, you know, the warning and I'll be prepared. And then thank God nothing happens. And then, you know, and I'm like, well, I don't know what the hell is supposed to happen during the retrograde because I don't experience anything. Right. But, and you guys out there, if I'm wrong, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe this retrograde was in Aquarius. So it was Aquarius Mercury retrograde, which is my sign. So maybe that's probably why I, it, you know, feel it affected me more intensely or yeah, immensely versus, you know, previous retrogrades. And I think that is because, um, maybe this was my sign. And so I said, okay, what's happening? Why am I feeling like this? You know? And I'm talking about when I say feeling like this, because you know, what is a retrograde moving backwards? So what happens in a retrograde? You Sometimes you have to, you know, go back and deal with unresolved past issues or, you know, go back and, and finish up, um, unfinished business or tie up loose ends or, you know, do some type of closure on things. Or sometimes it could be just like a project that you've been delaying and you're like, you know what, let me tie up these loose ends. Cause I know a lot of my, um, artistic friends have been be you know, really creative throughout the metro retrograde. Now me on the other hand, <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it really affected me the way it was supposed to, if that makes any sense, because I went backwards, meaning that I started rehashing old shit in my brain for no reason. Started trying to figure out like, what was that about? You know, and I'm like, why am I feeling the urge to like resolve old issues or even dig up old issues? Because I'm, I'm past shit. I'm, I'm over it, you know, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm past or over in a negative way. It's like, you know, you grow past it, you know, so it's not really good to harbor into stuff. And it's just like my house, my house is decluttered. So I'm going to declutter my brain, my emotions, and just my physical temple. Right. So, um, and my spiritual temple. So with that being said, I was like, I'm not going to, you know, try not to dig too deep into this um, retrograde. <clears throat> but honey, when I say the retrograde dug into my ass, okay, mm, that's an understatement. So I started just like, like I was saying, like thinking about different things, thinking about life thinking about like what would have happened or what could have happened if I would have you know just that type of bullshit that I really don't have I have no time in the day honestly to think about 
<laughs> frivolous things, honestly. So for me to have really been spending a lot of, you know, mental time thinking about weird shit, I was like, something is going on. So that made me look into like, what is the purpose or what's happening in this retrograde that you should be aware of, you know? And one of the things was like, hey, you might have um, unresolved, you know, issues in relationships, friendships, family, whatever that need to be resolved, you know? And I was like, well, shit, I mean, I'm the retrograde ain't long enough for me <laughs> to kind of go through the list. But at the same time, I said, you know, maybe it's not for me to go through a physical list and, you know, reach out to every person that I feel I've done wrong, you know, but instead send out a positive vibration and energy, you know? So in order to do that, I had to declutter my emotions and work through, um, the retrograde on an emotional level, on a spiritual level for myself in order to generate those type of good vibrations to family and friends. So that's what I did. And believe it or not, I could feel like, um, even when I was going through my roller coaster of confusion, you know, confusion, really, that's what it was. And confusing emotions because I didn't know the retrograde was basically around my whole situation right now, you know, or in my stars or whatever you want to call it right now. So, um, once I kind of figured it out, I started to work through it. But what I noticed was it said that you will start to reconnect on different levels with people from your past that meant something to you and you mean something to them. So for example, one of my homegirls that like, <clears throat> I could tell you some stories from high school that would blow your fucking mind. I could tell you some stories in our adult life that would blow your fucking mind, but I love her dearly. And um, I'm actually going to have her as one of my first guests. Yay. So we're going to leave it at that. But I reconnected with her and we, we talked like for hours. I'm talking about, that's one thing that I really don't do right now. Um, my phone, I think I use it differently these days. And I think a lot of us do like, I don't really talk on the phone. I talk to my mom because, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. My mom does not FaceTime or do anything like that. So for the most part, my mom, I talk to her on the phone and, um, everyone else is more like, a text or social media type of capacity emails or whatever the case may be. But I don't know, just kind of, it's, it's so crazy because if you would have like heard me or met me 20 years ago, I can keep you on the phone for all day and all night talking about God knows what, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not proud of that, but I'm just saying, I talked my ass off. (laughs) So with that being said, you know, I was like, okay, um, speaking to someone that I used to have those type of marathon conversations with. And it's just like, we picked up right where we left off. Next thing you know, I looked up, we was on the phone for five hours. I was like, Oh my God, bitch, I need to put you on the show. And I'm not saying like, I called, you know, just saying like, maybe let me retract that. I was like, Oh my God, sis, I need to put you on the show because this is just so intense. Like this is great conversation, great dialogue. And just to see someone vibrating on the same frequency, <clears throat> And even if you have like differences of opinions in some areas, it's still great conversation. So she accepted my invitation and I'm looking forward to having her up here. So, you know, you can hear from her and see what a phenomenal woman she is for her, for yourself and see why I love her dearly. But, um, also in addition to that, it's just so crazy because like I said, retrograde, it, it brings, you know, 
old memories up, unresolved issues, past relationships, friendships, etc. You know, so that's been happening to me quite a lot lately, even down to relatives that I haven't seen in or heard from in years. It's just like, hey, Ganga, Colleen, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, so I had to once I realized what it was. I was able to um, work through it better. But that's going to bring me to, because I came prepared today. I know um, all of my other episodes. I'm like, next time I'm going to come prepared. Next time I'm going to have some things to talk about. But this week, yes, your girl has some things to talk about. And I made a checklist. First and foremost, I haven't seen you guys in a minute. So, of course, I should have some stuff for, you know to talk to y'all about. Second of all, I missed y'all. So, of course, I'm going to have some things to talk about. And third and most importantly, the name of the show is called She Can Talk. So, of course, I'm going to go ahead and give y'all some stuff. All right. So, we're going to get into it. So, I'm happy y'all here. Welcome back. I'm grateful that you, you know, keep, you know, you're subscribed. So, I popped up for you on that notification. Yeah, I was able to check me out. And tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. You already know my motto. If you don't like it, tell a friend. If you like it, tell a friend. But we'll get into more of that later on. What I wanted to talk to y'all about was um, in, in lieu of... um. So many things. It's like, first, we're going to go down the list. I have to give you some some plugs, shameless plug time. So I did an interview with an app out of D.C. called Base Parlor. Check them out. They're really, really dope app. It's You can download through either Apple or Google Play stores, just like you would do any other application. It is free. You will sign up for it. Those, like, you know, create a profile just like how you would do on Facebook or Instagram, what have you. But the difference is it is geared for artists. So if you're a producer, if you're a musician, if you're like a... Uh, you know, you know, whatever promoter, a manager, this application is a very cool app to be a part of base app. So what they do, well, excuse me, base parlor app, excuse me, base parlor app. So in addition to that, what they do is they'll highlight different artists and do interviews with them and they'll put it on their podcast, which is the base parlor app podcast is on Spotify, Apple, wherever streaming as well. So plug, plug and, um, interview, they interviewed me a couple of weeks back and the interview went live on their podcast a week ago and it's episode eight of the ba- base parlor app and it's spelt regular yield English base parlor app and then you can either download the app or go to Spotify or Apple and check out the interview episode eight is the interview with Gangali moi and um tell me what y'all think it was really fun shout out to Daryl over there at base parlor out of DC for inviting me out to um the interview I had fun and um yeah we got some we got to chop it up so check that out Alrighty, so that's one thing. Another thing I've been doing, I've I got some videos coming your way, so I'll give you more on that when they actually drop, so I don't want to spoil it, but we're going to move on. So that's why I've been a little quiet, I've been working there. Then also, in addition to that, um, I feel like I'm missing some things. I'm missing a lot of things. So in addition to that, I said, um, you know I love food, you know I love cooking, you know I love shopping and buying stuff. So with me changing my lifestyle of not being like a hoarder and really truly, I do not want any of you to think that I am a cluttery or junky person because I never was. Anyone who's been to my home or been to my house know that I keep a really clean, neat home, but it's just like, you know, closets and corners. Whereas right now I don't like to see things in corners, if that makes any sense. So if it has a place to be in, we're going to put it in this place versus I can't get to the corner 
because it's something blocking it, you know, type of thing. So that's where I'm at with like just putting everything in, in his rightful place. And I think it's like a mental train of the brain because as you put things in your home in its rightful place, you'll start to physically put stuff in your rightful that you're supposed to eat in your body, like your diet. Then you'll start to um put the positive thoughts in your head, replace the negative or you know, anything that's negative or not, um, productive for you, you'll put those thoughts, you remove them and you replace them with positive energy and positive thoughts. So all of it goes hand in hand. And it's just like, you're kind of training your brain. It's like a, it's like, you know, you say muscle reflex, like you train it to the point that you could just do it with your eyes closed. So it's the same type of thing. So, um, yeah, it kind of comes all hand in hand. So with that being said, like, um, uh, you know, I started this podcast in coronavirus times. I'm trying not to talk about that every episode, but yeah, I still am not going out, you know, but, um, on my clean eat wing page, I want to shout out. I'm gonna be a wing woman. Hey, that's one of my home girls on the, in my wing community. I have like a whole wing family. Shout out to chicken coop, seven, five, seven, Antonio love wings. So many, so many. And we span the globe, like Ireland, London, Paris, Jamaica, New York, Connecticut, Tampa, like all over the place. And we discuss food or we exchange just, you know, different recipes, sauces, or places that we go and patron, you know, patronize for food and stuff like that. So, um, I kind of been feeling like I've been falling short as far as my contributions to my group or my community, because, um, I haven't really been eating out or traveling like I normally would to contribute. Like I, if you go to my page, I have food from France, food from LA, food from New York, like anywhere I go and I eat stuff, I, you know, I try to document it. And then also in addition to that, I try to recreate different, you know, menus at home based on stuff that I like when I tried things when I was out and about. But now that my um travel consumption and just going out to restaurants for me is limited. I still do things. I don't want it to make it just seem like I'm sitting in a house with a tin foil on my head. No. I still do things and I still, you know, do what I need to do, but I'm still playing it safe. So I prefer to buy high-end decadent food and cook at home. (laughs) So with that being said, I grilled some lamb chop loins. I'm not really a lamb person per se, but I've been watching different chefs, watching different cultures and countries cook food via, um, I can't even lie, YouTube. I was actually going to say that I was going to start a YouTube page of me cooking recipes that I found on YouTube and you know, whatever. But, um, but what I do instead right now, if you go to clean eat wings, there's several posts of recipes that, um, I may, I I never put the actual recipe up there, but I always tell people, if you want the recipe, you can DM me and I always shoot you the recipe. That's not a problem. But, um, there's a couple of dishes up there that just me chilling at home, you know, in between like a little bit of blow off time. And that's why I watch recipes on YouTube versus a lot of movies and shows at a time. Because when you're doing a lot of shit, you only have like 10, you know, 15 minutes. And sometimes those recipes and a little DIYs be about 15, 10 minutes, you know? So it's like, oh, let me see how they make this ribeye roast. Like how do they cut up the steak? Or, um, let me see what they do with this, um, pasta. I've been watching not really pasta per se, but how they make pasta. That's something I've been interested in because it's like, Hey, if you make it yourself, you could probably make it healthier. Right? So that's what I'd be thinking of doing. And then, um, you know, because especially with the Corona virus and stuff like that, I've been extremely 
paranoid like about health and just whatever so I just be like really finding more holistic ways to I always been anyone who knows me honestly know I always been a holistic herb and tea type of girl however I still have a doctor I still have like you know a regular primary care physician but what I like about him he's an East Indian doctor so he closely um his tradition his culture is just like my family, my, my great grandmother's East Indian and, and, you know, just all of that. So to have someone that knows you and knows your body and knows how, um, you know, you should eat and stuff is great to have. So he'll always be like, yo, just juice are, you know, the oranges straight instead of buying them. Cause you could taste it. So he, so he basically was like, try it, try it for one whole week. Just juice your oranges, you know? And then my friend, um, in Paris, she says, yeah, we, we, we don't even have, like she says, she's never heard of being able to just go and buy squeezed orange juice or orange juice in a container like Tropicana. That's what she's like, like Tropicana. Like we don't have that here. We have to cut out oranges and we squeeze them into a glass and we drink orange juice that way. I don't understand. And, um, yeah. So, so my doctor was like, this is the best thing for like your skin, your hair, your nails. Like you don't have to really drink a lot of processed stuff. So try it, try it and you'll see the difference. So that doing stuff like that for like a week or two straight of just juicing my own juice. Then I was like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm going to order some groceries and have them delivered. And I got like some orange juice and immediately both myself and Colossal, but I noticed it, but I didn't say that. I was like, I want to see if he notices it. And he was like, babe, I don't ever like this. This tastes harsh compared to what we've been drinking. Like what, is, what happened to the other juice? And I was like, yeah, it's freshly squeezed versus pasteurized. And you could taste it. Like you taste that process of it went through. So, um, yeah, so I go on YouTube and I try to find different um, recipes and try them out. And if you go over to Clean Eat Wings, you'll see a few of those. I've been um, trying different sauces. I find like, I think they must know I'm the sauce girl or maybe my hashtag because I always say saucy girl on Clean Eat Wings because everyone hits me up and sends me sauces. So I got um, some, what was the last couple of sauces? Oh, I got Capital City Mambo Sauce straight from D.C., mailed to me shout out to dc capital city mambo sauce when i say banging so last weekend and that's what i'm saying you, if you go on my clean eat wings you will see all this stuff up there because i just put the plates in and sometimes like i'm i'm still working on plating guys like i'm not a professional chef i like to cook and i want to um you know, make decadent things for my family and friends. So I practice, but, um, I'm not really, so if my plate looks not too appetizing at times, forgive me in advance because I'm not a professional chef, but, um, I try to show you the food. So I did a, a DC or DMV inspired brunch last week for the family. And so what I did was Maryland crab dip and wings in mambo sauce straight from capital city. They sent it to me, the actual manufacturer's I was so psyched. I love it. And they sent me the spicy, the hot, the sweet spicy and the mild. Honey, get the sweet spicy. The mild is cool. Like say if you have anyone that just really cannot take any spice, but it's like a, I can't explain it, banging. So you can check those out on my page. Then I was hit up by sauce. And if you go on Instagram, it's just sauce. So if you're looking for them, 
Don't put in anything else. Just put in the at sign sauce and you'll find them. Their truff is the name of the, their product. Their Instagram name is sauce. And um, so I got truff. Like, I don't know. It was truffle infused hot sauce. And oh my God, that was so good. So I actually did that this week. And I didn't even do like a whole large spread or whatever I just did like because I was like I want to try the sauce so I can just kind of do like a little small review on it and just see how it tastes you know so I just did like a small batch of like air fried wings and threw the sauce on it honey I felt like I was in a restaurant somewhere so yes shout out to sauce shout out to truff sauce because um they're dope and it's just like truffles so t-r-u-f-f so you can check out those two sauces that i reviewed on clean eat wings you can check out my lamb chop loins that i um got some youtube recipes from so it's like a a lamb chop loin a one pan chicken dish there's a couple of recipes up there that i just be on you know in my when i have a little bit of time i'll go to youtube and check those out in between my busy stuff so that's the first thing I wanted to tell you. So I just wanted to give you my plugs and run it down to let you know that mama has been a busy girl. We're still out here busy in these streets. I am de-weeding. I don't even know how many, like my friend was asking me the other day, like, well, how many acres do you have? I don't know. <laughs> okay. But when you go out there and it's like one thing, like, like I said, when you buy shit, it's really cute. And when you're like, oh, this is beautiful. I'm going to put this here. I'm going to put this there. Then you get to work. And then you realize, like, how the fuck big is this? What, what? Oh, my God. Yo, I felt like one day I did so much work in the yard that I couldn't move. I laid in the bed like, oh, my God. And mind you, I do boot camps. I do, you know, I exercise. I ride bikes. I do so much things. Plus, I rap. And plus, I be in here wrestling. Like, not really wrestling, but I think I'm tough. Put it like that. So, the tree branches and palm trees and branches of palm trees and cherry trees and whatever the hell else tree branches will take you out okay it will take you out yard work will take you out okay i laid in the bed i was like oh my god i don't feel my knees am i still in one piece i can't even go to work and i work from home (laughs) and i was like i can't move I was like aching all the way up into my eyeballs from just working. Now, when you're in the work, you you feel fine. And I worked like a, a shift, like a 10 hour shift in the yard this Sunday. And like Saturday and Sunday was like 10 hours a piece, you know, just knocking it out because I was willing on some like, we're going to get this done. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to put it off. I'm tired of putting stuff off, you know, and that's just with everything where I'm at in my life. I'm tired of putting shit off, you know, so we're going to take it, attack it head on. But shit, pace yourself, honey, in the meantime, because when I say whoop thy ass, and I don't mean to use so much profanity this evening, but I missed y'all and I'm just being regular schmegler. I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat it for y'all. So we're going to keep it moving. So I wanted to give you my plugs and everything like that, because in the midst of me doing yard work, in the midst of me doing everything else around this house and trying to get everything in order just for family and just for our comfort and, you know, upgrading our life, I still have to work and. So check out Base Parlor app, check out um, more stuff, go to my Instagram for the food we've been cooking, go to Gongly MC, oh, how can I forget, and I'm going to end this show with that as well, so I'll bring that back to it, but I did two new freestyles, I actually did, so a couple of 
weeks ago, I was just randomly nominated on um, Instagram to do a 90s challenge freestyle. So, you know, like a lot of challenges out there where people are like, oh, do this dance, do a rap, rap over this beat, etc. And I get tagged in quite a few of them. I'm not even going to lie. But, but this particular day, I just felt like the beat grabbed me. I don't know what it was, but I was like, something spoke to me and was like, no, kill this. So I literally sat there and you heard the beat, sat there, wrote it and tagged my, you know, did my hashtags, like whatever you're supposed to do for the challenge. And I guess they said like, if you win or if you're recognized, then they're going to highlight you. They're going to highlight you on the Instagram page. So if you go over to nineties, hip-hop junkie yeah that's what it is 90s hip-hop junkie on instagram you'll see little old me over there kicking a um a 90s hip-hop junkie challenge freestyle long ass hashtag <laughs> but um yeah so the b was dope it was from a dude i think he's out of Colombia named juan jimenez or Joto. don't get me your line the beats called misunderstood the whole credits, all the link, everything is on 90s Hip Hop Junkie on Instagram. And you can also go over to my page, Gongly MC, because I also have the um, freestyle posted up there, as well as I just was like, I'm feeling it. So I was like, I'm liking this. I'm having fun with it. We're going to bring it back to fun. So I went ahead and did a whoopty freestyle as well. Shout out to CJ out of New York, because you know, New York represent. And I love the drill. I love drill beats since jungle beats, jungle music back in England day, you know, England in the 90s, you know, but like Ronnie Sides represent and um, a lot of them out there doing the jungle music, you know, and if to me, I think jungle like drill is like a baby of jungle music. So that's always been a part of me. You know, my family's Jamaican, but we're from England. I have family in Canada, I have family in Honduras, do hablo espanol un poquito. So, you know, I'm a, a um, I don't know, international baby. So that's why I like International Women's Day as well. Hey, because I love all culture, all culture, cultures, and I don't shy away from anything different or new. So there we go. Check it out. Those are my plugs. Oh my gosh. I took like 30 minutes on plugs, but I'm not mad at that because I let you know that we out here working. Okay. Okay. So, um, I wanted to also just kind of give you a little bit of rundown of some other stuff outside of what I've been doing, but what I've been doing as well. So I did recently, after I did all of that stuff that I just ran down for you in the first 30 minutes here, I did say, you know what? I am going to take some time out. So in the beginning of March, which is just we're only eight days in right now. So in the beginning of March, I said, I'm going to watch some shows because, you know, that's part of also me bringing you content for She Can Talk. As I said, I wanted to review shows. And honestly, the last show I reviewed was um, Lovecraft Country. I think I've done a, a few others as well. But Lovecraft Country was mainly the show that, like, I was like, I want to start a podcast just because of this show, you know? So um, I haven't really, nothing has really moved me to the point of reviewing it or going into detail. I love P Valley. I'm waiting for season two. I am sending out manifestations to Katori Hall because she's going to call me for season two, but I'm going to leave it at that. And then, um, yeah, so I haven't really been like on like a series or anything like that as of recently, you know, that I can say like, oh my God, because I like the things that are out of the norm. Like, Everyone watches Power. I know that. A lot of us watch Snowfall. I know that. A lot of us, you know, so out of the norm. So that's what I like to look for. Now, speaking of out of the norm, recently I seen um, a documentary, a new documentary. Some people might be like, oh, they're beating a dead horse already. How many biggie documentaries do we need to see? But this one, I can say, 
was a biggie documentary from a different perspective. It was from his mother's perspective, his close friend's perspective. In my opinion, it wasn't just, um, you know, like it wasn't just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the industry's perspective of biggie. Right. And it was so touching. And so like, I cried on certain parts of it. I can't even lie. I can't even lie. So if you if you get a chance, go over to Netflix and check out Biggie. I got a story to tell. It is a really good piece on his life and times and with his mother and his relatives, his grandmother in Jamaica, who's like still alive. His uncle, who's a DJ, who really is where he got his rhyming from. And, you know, as a Jamaican youth, coming up in the city of New York in those times. Biggie's a couple of years older than me, but we from the same generation. That definitely touched me because, you know, everything down everything that kind of Biggie been through, I kind of been through it, except that I'm a girl. Just put it like that. But I went to Catholic school, you know, having friends outside your home that's different than inside your home because you got a full 100% Jamaican culture going on, you know, so you're learning hip hop in the streets. But then at the same time, I also too had uncles that did dance hall, the uncles that were DJs, and the DJ basically was chatting on the mic. They set up the speakers, they got the, the records playing, they got the microphone, and then they just start playing the beat and just start juggling on the beat, you know what I'm saying? So, same thing. So watching all of this stuff, watching Biggie's uncles, I was like, that's like my uncle. We're listening to and watching Biggie's grandmother. I was like, that's my grandmother. It was to the point that, um, real talk, Biggie's mom and my mom could be like sisters. Like, I'm not even bullshitting you. Like, but real talk. Everybody that meets my mother be like, yo, your mom reminds me of Valletta Wallace. And I'm like, okay, she doesn't look like, you know, I'm like, she don't look like Biggie's mom. But, you know, watching that documentary, I see what they're saying. Like my mom has the same demeanor, the same mannerism. And she's just that classy Jamaican lady, like Valletta Wallace. And honestly, they look like they could be related. So yeah, but, um, it touched me in so many ways because it showed you like him as a youth, you know, you hear like the personal, like how he felt about music. Like he had like a jazz mentor. And I used to always tell like Colossal, a friend of mine, Wubnesh, God bless, you know, rest in peace. One of my dearest friends, love her. I love her to this year, this world and beyond. That's one of my dearest friends. And, um, she lived over there literally on like the same block, like not the same block as baby, but on like one of the side blocks, you know what I'm saying? Like off of gates and green. But, um, long story short, she lived in Clinton Hills. So when we had to get out the train station, we was like going, like I would go check her. I lived in the Bronx, but I would go to Brooklyn to see my homegirl Whoopi and hang out, you know, and we get out the train station, Biggie and all them would be on the corner at the train station, just like hanging out. But to me, because I'm in no man's land, I'm coming from the Bronx. So I'm not really like, okay, I'm gonna mingle with the niggas on the corner. You know what I'm saying? So you just hear these niggas like, scoo, 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 like trying to holler at you, whatever. But then when they see you're not interested, you just keep it going. But it was always the same dudes and it ended up, you know, that was Biggie. So, um, that was like interesting, like would be, and they even was like, oh, we know where you're going. You're going to see the dread girl. That's your home girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because she was, like, all into her artistic stuff and poetry. She ended up, like, working with Erica Badu and Dead President. So, yeah, it was just, like, a musical community out there. And we would take, like, walks through the neighborhood, right? So the crazy thing is, like, back in the days and, you know, I was young, so excuse that. But, you know, you're kids and you smoke some weed and shit. And then you're like, yeah, we're going to walk to the store and get something to eat or whatever the case may be, right? 
And I swear, I don't even know like why she would do this. Like why she would make us smoke weed and then walk to the store. Like, bitch, this is what we're supposed to be relaxing. But it was always like a movie. Everything was beautiful. If you ever watched like a Spike Lee movie or any type of movie that was based in like that Brooklyn 90s era, and I'm not talking about, I can't even say it because like late 80s, early 90s, midnight, just Brooklyn in that time frame, it was a lot of jazz musicians that lived out there, a lot of reggae artists, a lot of like cultural black power pan-african movement people that just lived in a community and it was like a diverse community that was still one community so when we would walk to the store right you would just hear jazz horns through the windows and this is like beautiful brownstones like clinton hills wasn't really like as far as what i experienced out there it wasn't hood like they had hood parts down the block and around the corner like you got to walk to it but in the immediate area where we were at, it was just beautiful. Jazz musicians playing. I used to always tell Colossal, like, yo, it's so crazy because they make it seem like it was so scary. And it was in certain parts. But right where he lived, like, I know that area is, like, artist-filled. Jazz musicians. I was like, Carol's daughter started over there. Like, so many different black um, successful businesses started in that community right there. And it's just like... And the soundtrack to it, you you know, as the 90s went on, hip-hop started becoming the soundtrack of the streets. But jazz was the soundtrack soundtrack of the streets and at that time frame. You know, I used to hang out with my homegirl, Whoopi. And it was just like a... And it just made me want to be an artist and made me just want to contribute to the art community, you know, be it rap, be it poetry, whatever at the time, you know. So, yeah, so... Watching that movie and seeing that his mentor was one of the jazz musicians that lived in the neighborhood, and even all of that stuff, I was like, I totally could relate because I, this is what I know from over there. Like, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, they weren't selling drugs out there because they were. I'm not going to say the streets weren't rough because they were. But at the same time, it was a lot of culture, a lot of art that would move you, you know what I'm saying? And if you, is no way you couldn't be absorbed, you couldn't absorb it or you would not absorb it if you weren't exposed to it. So that's what I want to say. Check out Biggie. I got a story to tell because um, that's the type of um, nostalgia it arose in me, it, you know? And then just to see him, his rise from a different perspective and not look at the gangster, you know, quote unquote side or, you know, the he got killed on such and such, you know, no. Instead, they kind of focused on, you know, his life and how he became and cultivated, you know, himself into becoming Notorious B.I.G. So great, great documentary. And honestly, I was, you know, to be honest with you, I'm kind of over, you know, biggie documentaries of the same type of scenario. So it took me a minute to watch that. So a lot of people like, posting on it and everything I was like I don't want to because how many times are we gonna you know keep on you know like I want to see something else and I can say that this documentary gave it to me as far as we saw him as the human being as the man Biggie versus the larger than life phenomenon that got killed over east coast west coast beef you know like and so um he's so his mother you know you heard about um his personal feelings about his daughter and having a daughter and you know you hear him like how he was feeling about that that time frame when he was trying to get on and he didn't have money so it was just it was just good to hear it from his mother's point of view is what I'm saying because at the end of the day dudes in the street will know you but they're gonna know a side of you your family's gonna know you and even though some people might your family only knows a side of you nah 
it's safe to say like your family will know all of you and they know what you're capable of. They may not have seen all of it, but they know what you're capable of. And that's basically what I got from Biggie's mom with that documentary. Like she didn't see all sides of him and she didn't want to, but she knew what her son was capable of on all aspects, good and bad. And I like that. I like the fact that she did not deny it or she did not try to fight it. She just gave you her son, you know, unapologetically in this documentary. So check that out. Netflix, if you haven't as of yet, Biggie, I got a story to tell. You know, like I said, I'm I wasn't there. I wasn't in, in the mix with him, but I could just it resonated a lot with me because of the way I grew up as well. And just having the same Jamaican background and the way we was reared. So completely, completely a great, a great documentary piece. Um also, which I'm going to end um yeah I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do that because the freestyle that I did to Whoopty for CJ Whoopty out of New York, I did that joining on um, Instagram and it's getting a lot of love. I'm going to go ahead and throw it up here at the end of this tonight. Hey, because I haven't played that in me in a minute. So we're going to throw that up here tonight. But um, Mr. C, DJ Mr. C, shout out to DJ Mr. C, who was Biggie's homie. He, you know, he was the one that actually notoriously brought him to um, Puffy to get signed and stuff. Um he did a tribute, a biggie tribute over the weekend, and he used the same whoop de beat and he mixed it with like the Bone Thugs and Harmony verse that he did. Like he was kind of like rhyming like Bone Thugs, and that joint was lit. So I had to repost it. Mr. C hit me, it was like, yo, hit the like button. I was like, ah, that's dope because, you know, I just did the same freestyle. So I was like, great minds think alike. And then plus it's New York. Like, I don't know. I like that drill. I like the New York drill. That's just me. So, yeah, I think I'm going to end my show tonight with my freestyle off of that whoopty joint. But if y'all go over to DJ Mr. C's Instagram, y'all can check out his version with Biggie on it. So I think that's really dope. And I just love that. I just love, like, having fun and seeing it come full circle to see that everyone's having fun, you know. So... I'm not going to break, beat y'all down long, but I might tonight because I ain't been with y'all for a minute. So I might tonight. I might. I might not. I'm, I'm going to try to keep it under two hours. How about that? I'm going to try to stay with y'all for a little bit because I missed y'all, honey. And I hope y'all missed me too. But I don't want to be here holding you hostage. So I don't want to keep you for a full hour. So I mean a full two hours. So I'm going to try to move it, keep it moving, keep it moving. And so um, the freestyle, we talked about that. Um, coming to America. How can we not talk about coming to America? First off, I want to say I loved it. No BS attached. No one is paying me to say that. I freaking loved it. I prepared and watched um the original before I watched the second one just to refresh my memory because I was a straight up kid when it came out and I remember it and although I remember like, you know, certain parts of it. I wanted to see it in its full sitting, in its full entirety, and just get like a refresher course, if you say, if you must, you know, per se. And then um, I watched it. Now, I watched it not back to back, but gave myself a breather, you know, like a day or whatever. Like right before it released, I watched the old one, then I watched it. But I watched it with the full expectation of not expecting it to be a real sequel, but instead of just being like a second version of the movie, like, you know, he revised it and gave it a new story type of thing. So I was looking for that. So I was mentally preparing myself to not see like major connections to the original. And then I was just thinking like, sheesh, that was like how many 25, 30 years ago, how many of those people are alive and how many of those people are still acting and do they even look the same? You know, that type of thing. So it was amazing to see boom, Lisa, his wife still the same, still beautiful. 
The only thing I was disappointed in, because I was so looking forward to seeing if the sister, Lisa's little sister, married the Soul Glow King. Wouldn't that have been a dope, funny story too? Like the Soul Glow King, the Soul Glow King that was messing with Lisa married the sister. So that's the only thing that was omitted from the second one that, you know, like a tie-in. But I think he did a good job. And then if anyone that really, really, really watches an Eddie Murphy movie from back then to The Clumps to, you know, Dr. Doolittle to present day, you'll see that he gives you that type of comedy where it's like, is some right off the cuff, is some straight up, is some that you're like, oh my God, you know, like you have to catch it, you know? So I loved it. I loved that. I thought it was funny. You know, now are they exactly the same? Comedy is different. They even tell you as a comedians, the comedy is going to be different right now because what did the audience accepts? You know, it's like the cancel culture. So of course you're going to have to, you know, fine tune it for the cancel culture. Right. But I think they did a great job. I loved it. And at the end of the day, I'm gonna tell you like this, the two major things that I loved about it. Same thing that I loved about the first one. And the same thing I loved about black Panther, seeing black people in regal positions, Kings, Queens, Royal court, beautiful, you know, garments, gold, castles, land, you know what I'm saying? And putting us into our rightful state. That's what I loved. So I love that. I love the fact that 30 years later, he's still with his wife. They got three beautiful kids and he is the ruler of the land. I loved it. But um, what I also liked about it was he brought in a present day or a present time concern that maybe a lot of people in the black community had, or maybe that's probably what they found uncomfortable. And I'm just saying, so don't shoot me or beat me down or fight me off or cancel me for that matter. Cause I love you all. And I'm just trying to work through it, you know, to get understanding. But I was like, well, maybe it's because of the fact that, you know, he found that he had a son and then he went back to get the son. Now, initially we, well, I don't want to give it away in case you didn't see it, but, um, the premise of it is it has a son. So, of course, this is not his wife's son. It's another woman that he met when he was in Queens, son. And now he brings them back to, you know, Africa to live with him in his land. So a lot of people be like, uh-uh, you know, she should have been fighting. I'm like, wait, you know. But the thing was, it was before his marriage, before he found his queen. He had a situation with this lady and he had a son. And it's his son, the only son he has. So should he forfeit his son and forfeit rightful parts of his family because, you know, to make his wife happy, you know? So I like the fact that it, it wasn't that type of storyline. Instead, it was, you know, you're right. It was before me and you're right. He's your son and he belongs here with us. And the mother and the son came and the mother of the daughters, which is the queen and the mother of the son became friends. Now, to me, this is very significant because um, it showed how two women, and we know women are territorial, right? Where this is my man, this is my family, and you're disrupting this shit, who are you type of thing, right? We're going to come claws out, paws out for somebody that's trying to think, you know, disrupt our family. And it's understandable. But um, things happen sometimes, you know? And um, in this story, in this case, it was so happened that, he had children outside the marriage prior to the marriage. In some cases we see it and we know it where they have children that come in a marriage from outside the marriage, during the marriage, all type of complication and madness. But I, and I'm not saying like, you know, 
it's it gets raw. You you feel raw at first, but um even like the like the wife was like uh uh-uh, uh you're sleeping in a you know you're not sleeping in here with me. She was hot when she found out at first, but then she come to realize too like you know what this is a woman that just wants what's best for her son, just like I want what's best for my daughters. You know, so we're no different from each other. And they end up becoming better friends than actually the father and the mother, or the you know that it's the king and the the baby mother. But um, I thought that was pretty dope too because they, he said it. So he's like, "We're a nice, royal, majestic, blended family." And she was like, "Just like the Kardashians." And that was like so funny to me because um, big I say big Les, but Leslie Jones from SNL, she played the baby mother for, of the son funny this was like a really good character for her she did her thing she was so funny oh my god her and her salt and pepper haircut funny but um what i liked about it also is yeah you like the kardashians they're like a, a big family that's blended you know two different fathers three you know how many different kids and how many different husbands and baby fathers in between of the you know grandkids etc cetera, etc cetera. but they still can kind of come together and you know for whatever it's worth save face and be a family right but it seems like if it's the other way around and i don't want to like point out or you know like let's look at like you know years ago with i hate to even say but like dwayne wade and gabrielle union and that baby mother situation and their kids or whatever and how that ended up and it's just like wow there's no communication there and it's like damn that's messed up at least for the kids you know what I'm saying and don't get me wrong I don't know what's going on behind the scenes or whatever and I don't want to speak like I do but I just remember years ago that was like a big thing in, in the media and so I was just like saying damn like why black people can't get along like that you know like just get along for the sake of the kids and be mature like even if I don't like you like hey look come get the kids this week or I'll bring them over we're gonna make this for the kids because you know what's gonna happen the memories last longer than the people do. You know, like I still can remember, you know, my home girl I was just telling you about. I just told you a whole story about how I used to hang out with her. And I could tell you, like, I remember it like it was yesterday. And she passed away two years ago. God bless. Whoopi. You know what I'm saying? Memories live longer than the people do. So you want to make sure you have more positive memories than negative memories. And trust me, honey, I'm speaking from experience. Because like I told you, when I went through this retrograde all of this shit that was coming back to me was kind of make me feel shitty. Like, why am I thinking about this stuff? But at this end of the day, you kind of have to work through it because we'll just tuck away emotions, you know? And that's going to be another episode for another day. But, you know, sometimes you can't just tuck away. You gotta, it's just like with taking out the closet and pulling out all the junk and sorting through it and saying, what's garbage? What's goodwill? What's keeping? You know? Same thing with those emotions. You got to pull them out, sort through them, and be like, what's garbage? What can I throw back to the sea? And what is, you know, a keepsake for a memory for another day, you know? So it was the same thing. So same thing involved. So, um, yeah, Coming to America, I think, was really, really uh, um, a good show. It was funny. If you were looking for some, like, woke content and for them to speak messages to the masses and let President Biden and Trump and all them know, like, get out of here. You know what I'm saying? His first one didn't do that. The second one ain't going to do that. It's a comedy. Relax. Calm down. But um, if you just like Eddie Murphy's comedy, if you like Arsenio Hall, if you just like black people looking nice and not being pimps and hoes and drug dealers for a change, I think you'll like this. I think you will really, really like it. I haven't spoken to anyone that didn't like it. And it seems like everyone that didn't like it 
it's just like a tight wad. Like, I can't really explain it. I'm not trying to diss no one or insult them, but it's just like their reasoning. They didn't address enough political agenda. It didn't address, like, they, they, they're not next door to Wakanda, dude. Like, relax, <laughs> you know? So, um, coming to America, that's on Hulu. No, excuse me, correction, Amazon Prime. Coming to America, too, on Amazon Prime. Totally dope. Check that out. Check it out. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of run down some things that I liked recently. And I was like, wow, this would be really cool to talk about, you know, and, and share that with you. Now, one thing that I didn't, um, see yet, so I'm not going to give you like a full commentary or comment on it or review. And I actually might, it depends on how I feel because I'm really not honestly interested in them you know, one way or the other to say like, oh, I'm going to keep up and do a whole hour podcast episode about Prince Harry and Megan. I'm not, but, um, just, it's been funny. Cause I've been seeing a couple, like the little, you know, people do like the Instagram and TikTok reels, etc. And it was this one, it was like, she's a runner. She's a drag star. And it shows like, it's supposed to be like Megan and Harry leaving or fleeing the castle. And trying to get to America and showing like how Oprah and Tyler Perry helped them flee to get to America. So I just thought it was funny. Like, who are these people and why they reenacted it so quick? But um, apparently Oprah did an interview with them over the weekend here about, um, I guess, them leaving England, moving back to America and kind of separating themselves from the royal family. And, you know, a lot of people was like, oh, you know, they, I didn't know she was going through so much. Of course, you know. How can I say this politely? I, I want to pause because I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Of course, they don't expect a little black girl to ever become the princess or marry the prince of England, right? So, of course, there's not going to be a lot of empathy from women who were always taught that they would be the princess, right? I'll leave it at that. And I love all my women, so I'm not trying to separate or divide on International Women's Day. So I, but I did see some, you know, negative comments from, you know, women that don't look like Megan, I guess, or don't have Megan's DNA makeup that are like, oh, boo hoo hoo, you're crying because you're royalty and you have, you're rich and you part of the Buckingham Palace, blah, blah, blah. But, and at first, like I told you here, honestly, I really don't care one way or the other about them. That, you know, I'm not married to Prince Harry and I don't have Prince Harry's money and I don't have royal heirs to the throne. So I don't care. But I will say this, you know, on the empathetic side for Megan, um, yeah, like 50% black, 25% black. She's still black. And um, racism follows us wherever we go, no matter how, you know, pretty and imitation of life passable you are I guess you know in certain settings and certain scenes it can be rough I guess and I mean sheesh the royal family I'm pretty sure that's some rough shit so that's what I can say about that and I didn't mean and I hope in any way you don't take that like offensively what I'm trying to say I'm just trying to sum it up without being controversial or being negative so if it came off negative I did not mean it like that but I was just like, damn, what's all the fuss about? Like, you know, if he feels that he wants to protect his wife at all costs from the paparazzi, the negative, whatever's going on, he has that right. His mother was killed 
behind being chased down by the paparazzi and stuff, you know? So if that happened to me, God forbid, I would be protecting anyone that I care for at all costs. You know what I'm saying? So that part, I don't blame him at all. I'm not mad at him at all for that. I honestly didn't watch the show. I'm just watching all of the reviews of everyone else because that's another thing that, like I said, I have more time for like five minutes of reading some comments and reviews versus an hour and a half of watching Meghan Markle and Harry talk about whatever they're talking about, you know? But, um... It was a little intriguing because I even saw like Moni Love gave, you know, Moni Love is from England and she gave her um, opinion on her Instagram. And I thought that was really insightful because she kind of said what I said, like, you know, shit, I don't blame him for wanting to be protective because that's his wife. And look what happened to his mother. Right. But then at the same time, I felt like maybe no one like say is a, is like you got to be prepared for situations even though sometimes you could be like damn i wasn't prepared for that i thought i was but i wasn't and maybe that was a situation with her but i mean she she married to the royal family so you should have either been like okay so we're not gonna stay at buckingham palace we're gonna stay off of um we're gonna stay out birmingham or something i don't know go to another part of england you know so you get our own piece of land or something to be separate in case you know that would make it work with the in-laws trust me you don't want to be too close at times, you know, and I'm not talking about my in-laws. I'm just saying like just looking over time or whatever, you, you know, sometimes it's good to be away and visit versus all in the same house or in the palace or whatever the case may be. So I don't really know how it worked out or, you know, all of the, the finite details and listen to me guys, I don't care. So don't start hitting me up like, no, your son is so, you know, non empathetic towards her feelings that she was suicidal listen she's a princess okay so yeah i'd have a tougher skin than that but they left you know what i'm saying and i'm happy that they're safe and they're able to kind of get their their restart over but i just thought that was funny too i was like tyler perry and oprah i gotta watch this like what is going on like it was a whole big thing like they were like on an underground railroad escaping and Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey had to get together and unite forces to sneak him out the country. That was crazy. And this is just based on like this memes and the ribs I'm seeing on TikTok is hilarious. So, you know, comedy is a little bit of truth mixed with a little bit of exaggeration. So I don't really know, you know, so I said I might watch it. I might not. It just really depends on how I feel. I'm not going to lie to you. So that was that too. Um, to me, I was just like... I don't know, like, that's a big, you know, marriage is a big step anyway. And connecting souls and families and everything and culture and lifestyles and opinions is a big thing. That's a big thing. So you have to be mentally prepared to go all the way in, right? So you have to kind of know what you're mentally prepared to go all the way in on as well. So if I'm looking at Prince Harry, like, yeah, Prince Harry's a cutie. However... Paparazzi gonna be following me to death. I already know. Like, it's not gonna like look at his brother's wife. Every pregnancy followed. Every, she goes to see her parents who are not royals, followed. Her parents are not royals, followed. You know what I'm saying? So you should already see what's gonna happen based on his big brother, based on his mother, based on his father, right? So I think that that kind of should have mentally prepared you, like, hey, look. And I know sometimes you'd be like, but you can't understand it. You could never prepare for that. Like, yeah, I understand because, you know, Colossal is not Prince Harry. So we don't have the paparazzi chasing us around. Thank God. But at the same time, you know, with any relationship, you got to be mentally prepared for that relationship, I feel. And that's the only way for it to work. And I'm not saying their relationship is on a rock because so they're solid, you know. But I just feel like to deal with that weird ass family, like, you got to be, you know, 
and not just saying that the royal family is weird. Any family that is not yours, you know what I'm saying, is going to be foreign to you and you're going to have to adjust accordingly. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll look at it and then if I feel like commenting again, I will. But only thing I just wanted to share on that was I thought that was so funny that real. If you guys are on TikTok or, TikTok or Instagram, look for that Meghan Markle and Harry real where the couple's acting like they're prince harry and Meghan markle she's like climbing through the underground like she's under the underground railroad like harriet tubman and he jumps into the water swimming like he's swimming across it's crazy but i thought it was so funny so so funny but um you know what honestly i thought i was gonna talk you to death but i think i kind of got it all out within the hour yay and i still have time to finish celebrating international women's day hey so yeah we're gonna wrap it up clean aka gongoli she can talk you know what i'm saying oh before i go i do want to say to you i just i, I did want to touch on a moment of deepness you know i say let's treat every day like it's International Women's Day. I um watched the Kings versus Queens battle last night on Caffeine. Shout out to URL TV. Shout out to all of the Queens that um battled yesterday. Miss Hustle, Miss Official, shout out to them for the W's. That was so dope. Um, but shout out to all the ladies that came out there and did their thing. I have a personal favorite, Lady Flames out of VA, because you know, I just love VA. That I was in VA for years. Rep the 757. She was right up the road in 804. So I thought that was pretty dope. But, um, you know, it's just, I just love to see that, you know. And it was called Kings versus Queens. I thought that was pretty dope. And um, I think that we should do that. We should treat every day like it's International Women's Day. You know what I'm saying? Fix your sister's crown, you know. <sighs> How can I forget? See, just when I thought it was going to be an hour. So... All-Star Weekend was this weekend in Atlanta. Anyone who knows anything about anything knows about the NBA All-Star Weekend, right? And they know where it goes from city to city, and it's like a Lithuation every time. It should be different this year, or you thought it would have been because of coronavirus, etc. but no, it was full swing in Atlanta. But um, two videos that were kind of going viral over the weekend that I didn't like it. And I didn't like it because of, um, I'm going to tell you why. Let me just go into it. So the first video is um, some girls in a U-Haul van. I said to Colossal, literally before the weekend started, I said, you know them chicks is going to be renting U-Haul vans, U-Haul trucks, I said, not vans. I said, U-Haul trucks and parking that shit behind the club and that's going to be the hotel room. And Colossal was like, well, where they going to bathe at? Or <laughs> that don't make no sense. Hmm, the club, they going to figure it out. And I was kind of really joking. Never did nothing like that. I never hung out with no bitch that didn't know stuff like that. No woman, excuse me, that did nothing like that. But um, I was just joking and saying that. The Colossus shoots me um Instagram a couple of days later like, over the weekend. He's like, look. And the chick was coming out of the U-Haul van. Like she's getting dressed, going to the club out the back of the van. And so I was like, oh, my God, they really doing that shit. And he was, he was like, yo, babe, you called it. You said that. And I was like, yo, I've heard of it before. I heard that they do that. But, yo, it's been in full effect on it. So I was like, well, damn, safety. You know what I'm saying? Like, suppose it goes somewhere. Because we also seen at the same time simultaneously videos of cars on bricks. People are just, like, taking the rims and tires off of cars. People are throwing bricks through the windows, stealing cars or whatever like that, right? 
So I was like, here I am, like like, like a old mama, have no kids whatsoever. But I'm like, well, what about their safety? Suppose like someone walks by and see them sleeping and tries to break in and take them, you know, or whatever the case may be. But um, you see videos later on where they made it a lithuation. It was a group of them. And for whatever reason or not, you know, they were safe. But I just didn't like that. I thought that was kind of, maybe I'm too old to understand or accept that type of stuff. But I don't know. I thought that was interesting. But still not bad. Because the one thing I will say about that, even though it's not something that I would do, and, you know, nothing that I would have done when I was younger, but at least it was teamwork, make the dream work on that one. They was like, shit, we're on a mission. We're going to come down here. And they stuck together because you saw videos later on, like every time you see them, they were all together in that van, like the girls or whatever. So they stuck together. Versus the next video I'm about to describe to you. And I'm pretty sure if you go on like World Star or something, you see both of these videos that I'm talking about. Go on the Insta, um, or Insta, um, I can't even talk. Go on Instagram <laughs> and like look up All Star Weekend hashtags. I'm pretty sure you'll find that too. But um, this next video that I'm going to talk about real quick was like kind of the opposite. Even though both of them, I didn't like them for separate reasons. The first one was more safety. Well, both of them are safety. But this first one was more so safety of like these young girls, like what do you you guys need like a room? What are you doing? Type of thing. Versus these girls, apparently they were in a car, so they were together, and they were stopped at a traffic light. And I've seen this before several times in real life and on the internet. Girls hopping out the car and twerking immediately, like at the stop sign and going crazy. So in this particular video, the car that's behind them is filming them twerking and carrying on. Then you see on each side of the car is two girls on one side, one girl on the other side. Then you see the two on the right side of the screen tap each other and get into the car quick. Whereas the one on the left side of the screen is still twerking and giving up her cheeks in the middle of the street to the people in the car behind her. Not even realizing it's women in the car behind her. But she's going in. And unbeknownst to her, the two girls on the other side of the car got in, closed the door, and the driver sped off. Were her holding on to the door, dragged her a little bit, did she let go, tumbled into the street, tumbled down the road like a tumbleweed, got up. And you could tell that it went off with a speed because when she tried to get up, her feet were still moving at the speed that the car pulled her at. So she fell back down and started tumbling again. And they drove about, I'm, you know, to me, I'd say it was about a half a mile because she started running down the hill and the car behind her is driving behind them. And it kind of catches up to them. You see her get into like they open up the door and let her in the car. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. So that's another thing that I want to address real quick before I end this or whatever. And I'm going to talk about this, elaborate more because... It is Women's History Month, so I figured that this is the perfect month to address things that women do and things that we should do as women. But um, that's real dangerous. And that's why I always say keep your head in a swivel and um, watch what people do and not what people say, okay? Because I'm pretty sure those girls in that car did not like that girl that they let roll down the hill like that to some capacity because... You could just see it. It was like set up. They got out and the other two were like, let's get back in. And they got back in. And then they just drove off like and drove off a ways 
She had to run a ways after being rolled. After she rolled a bit, she got her bearings together and had to run down to catch up with them. Would you want to get back in the car with those people? Wow. And then how would you, now just start thinking like, nah, she got to spend the rest of the weekend with these bitches that did this shit to her. And it is like, God, that's what else would they do? If you did that, you damn, they tried to kill me. If you did that, what else would you do? So that's why I say people, you have to watch what people do and not what people say. Because people all day long could tell you, oh, I love you. We friends, boom, boom, boom. But, you know, my granny used to always say action speaks louder than words. And it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, I just wanted to like, you know, leave that with y'all. Because that was the all-star weekend from Atlanta. Wild, wild, wild videos, wild pictures, wild just scenarios that I've been seeing. But those two stuck out to me because both of them included black women. I am a black woman. So I think stuff like that kind of like. I'm more sensitive to it. And then for two different reasons. The first one, the first girl, they look like they were having fun, adventurous. And they probably look like they would have probably fucked somebody up. But at the same time, you're still women. And I was just like, what y'all safety? What are y'all doing? The second set did not like the girl that was with them and intended to calm her because there's no way you're just going to drive off like that. And you know that this girl ain't in the car without really trying to do something. So... To me, that was crazy. That was real crazy. So, be careful of who you call your friends. And um, watch what people say and not what people do. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Reverse that. Watch what people do and not what people say. Because people all day long will tell you, hey, look, the sky is purple and I love you. But in reality, they hate you and the sky is blue. So I'm not going to say no more. We're going to leave it right there. But I'm going to go ahead and end it out for y'all. Like I always tell y'all, if y'all want to follow me, you know, She Can Talk is everywhere. Podcasts are streaming. iTunes, Deezer, um, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, wherever podcasts are available. Click and subscribe with your favorite platform, She Can Talk, with your host, Kaleem, a.k.a. Gongali. Now, if you want to find out about my music, because you hear I talk about it, you're going to see more of it. You can go up to Gongali MC, that's G-A-N-G-A-L-E-E-M-C on Instagram. If you like wings, you like food, you like sauces, or you want to try some different things, or you want to get some recipes from some things that I've tried, hit me up at Kaleem Eat Wings, that's C-O-L-L-E-E-N. Eat Wings on Instagram, all right? Or you want to submit some music to the label for review, that's www.doerecords.com, all right? So you have all of the platforms. Like I always tell you every time, please tell a friend because that's the way we get the uh, word out. That's the way we get the subscriptions up, the followers and the views up, the listeners up, as well as get paid. Hey, so if you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. Either way, it don't hurt. And either way, it's going to work. All right? Spread love. But, you know, first and foremost, you have to love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you can't love me. But I love you. So I'm going to send you all the energy. Y'all have a good week. Y'all stay blessed. Y'all stay safe. And until next time, she can talk. All right? Oh, I'm going to leave out with this freestyle to the whoop dee joint, too. So y'all enjoy that. Tell me what y'all think. Peace. When I pop out, it's a movie. Say
Same dreads, still flow, still bad, and I kill shows. Move states, but I still go. They clickbait, but I'm pure gold. If you ain't no, still here, making dough. Let's get it clear. Slow down a little last year, but I still cruise into new peers. Still ooze into new ears. Still choose roads you fear. They lose when I'm near, so I let them live without care. Yeah, what it is, a bad girl thing. <laughs> Cause everything I do, I do it for the win Cause a bad gal win, ha huh? And I can't stop, and I won't stop And I was gonna let it go But they holding on the grudges So I said, fuck it, now I'm holding too Standing my ground, loading my rounds Now I'm coming through Don't play in the bay or play with bay Cause either ain't good for you Bronx chick, VA slim, now I'm Tampa thick They bag that LV like my Louis Now we chomp our lick Niggas hate me cause they couldn't screw me Now they act like bitch Bitches wanna be me, but they corny, so just one and sick.